0: This is episode 254 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Here's how infinite banking works in under 60 seconds you have to save your money somewhere. Well, we think the best place to save it is inside a cash value life insurance policy. You save some money and they're gross tax-free for the rest of your life. Then an opportunity or emergency comes, comes along. Let's say a few years down the road, you can buy a business, buy a property, buy an income-producing asset. You leverage the infinite banking policy, borrow against your asset, take advantage of the opportunity. But your money still stays in the infinite banking policy. You're not borrowing your money, you're borrowing the insurance company's money. So your money's in the policy, it's in the opportunity, and
1: it's providing a death benefit. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. You get to retirement, you have this massive cash value, life insurance, leverage that tax-free, and you don't repay those loans. You sit on the beach and you spend that money tax-free every month, doesn't show up on a tax return,
0: and you leave your family a huge tax-free death benefit. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have Monica Jasic on the show. And uh, Monica and I dove specifically into real estate investing in Ontario. Monica does a ton of stuff. She's invested across the US and Canada, uh, very well-established real estate investor and educator. And uh, what I really just wanted to pick her brain about is She said she's doing stuff in Ontario and I'm curious, what are you doing that's cash flowing? We went through a couple of examples and how she's able to use midterm rentals to make her Ontario rental projects uh, properties in um, Markham, Ontario. And then she's also got some students that are doing stuff in like Oakville and places like that. And they're getting abundant cash flow like several thousand dollars a month without doing short-term airbnb rentals because let's face it airbnb's hard work uh being an airbnb host is uh not for the faint of heart it's it's a full-on hospitality business Uh, so if you can sidestep that i mean i find that interesting i was super fascinated to talk about it and i think you're gonna get a lot out of this episode Quick reminder about REI Hot Seat, that's the sister channel to uh, this one on YouTube. And uh, we talk about deal analysis constantly. So it's short form video only uh, content. And uh, Jacob Campanero and I are often talking about different commercial opportunities, multifamily opportunities that we see in the marketplace and uh, a lot of an Ontario focus on that show. So highly recommend that for those interested in uh, diving more into the commercial multifamily world. Now that that's been said, if you made it this far, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Just help this show get out there. Without further ado, let's jump into episode 254. Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Monica Jacek, is that right?
2: That's right.
0: On the show. I came all the way from Markham. So getting dangerously close to the East End, as we've said, which that's like a no-go for pretty much me. But uh, us (laughs) East Centers and West
2: Centers can get along, right? They get along. Yeah.
0: I did drive out there for Cody Yeh's podcast, somehow he twisted my arm and uh, I ended up out there. But uh, anyway, so uh, if you don't mind, tell me a little bit about yourself, when, what, uh, well, what got you into real estate investing and then what brought you here.
2: Excellent. Well, thank you. So um, I am a full-time real estate investor mm-hmm. and a wealth builder, and my husband and I own and operate RPI Education, which is like an investment community uh, helping people invest mm-hmm. in real estate to, to basically solve the three biggest money problems that we see mm-hmm. in society today. And those are lack of retirement, um, not making enough money every month, mm-hmm. and also helping k- kids out. So, first and foremost, we're parents of four wonderful yet expensive oh, wow. children, yep. and that's really what got us into real estate investing to begin with. So, we've done this full-time for over 14 years now, and our oldest is going to be, I can't believe it, 20 this April. So, Congrats. I know. It's, it's crazy when they actually grow up. So, they're kind of all over... The place in ages, we have 20, um, 17, almost 18, and then 13 and 11. Okay, so we're all over the place in ages. But after having our son, I was finishing my master's in teaching. Uh, my husband's Australian, we we're living in Australia. I, I decided I wanted to be a stay at home mom first and foremost. I'll mm-hmm. always work and you know do other things like part time, but it was really really important for me after finishing this 12 week. Teaching practicum—it was a very, very intensive program. I was a young mom, newly married with a small baby mm-hmm. uh, under a year old, and I was only in my like early twenties. But I realized at that point, you know, I don't want to sell myself short in all these areas of life. I, I, that's when I really kind of identified time, money, freedom as my what I really stand for. And you know that you'll hear me saying that a lot um, you know th- throughout the podcast today because I continuously remind myself really of what I stand for, which is that time money freedom. Mm-hmm. And during that time, you know it was just that freedom to to be at home with our kids to have the time during those precious years and just not have the burnout that I experienced during that time and I think that's what so many people experience in society today. Mm-hmm. Um, for but sure. when we came, back to Toronto, and uh, we, we did a global move in the midst of all this as, as a stay-at-home mom, and I, I was expecting number two at this time. You know, I, I really was serious about my role as, you know, being a stay-at-home mom, and I took finances, put them to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Vaughn was working, he was making great money, and I was in charge of all the money. And we, did, we were just doing everything traditionally, um, you know, for years and years. And when 2008 came, and all of our savings just... Went up like a puff of smoke for all these different vehicles that we are saving for our kids. We could help provide for their mm-hmm. their schooling, um, you know. So we could set. We were already homeowners. We we bought our first home, but you know we wanted to save more money and and we just were experiencing all these money troubles that so many people are experiencing today. Mm-hmm. Doing things the traditional way, we just knew it was time. To do something different.
0: When you say traditional way, you mean get a good job and then eventually retire on a pension?
2: Work hard, go to school, study hard, trade time for money, uh, pay all a lot in taxes. That was a huge hit. Vaughn was making mm-hmm. a lot of money. The more he worked, the more he was taxed, the less we'd make. Uh, saving in just traditional bank products that you really just don't understand and yeah. no one's really there to guide you. Like The only question that we were really asked was What's your risk tolerance, low, medium, or high? And after that, we yeah. were just, you know, left on our own. And so when 2008 uh, came, I always joke and so said... So you were in
0: all that stuff, just bank investments. Yeah. Yeah, the mutual fund where the manager makes more than the investor.
2: Well, the, I guess the, <laughs> the manager um, who set us up was just, just your, like, typical financial planner. You know, I was literally cold called. Uh, they show up at your door, they set you all up, and then you never hear from them again. Oh, yeah. So it was just one of those things. And I was like following Susie Orman and the wealthy barber and, you know, all these sort of things because that's all that -hmm. we're really given in regards to um, financial information. Like, and I didn't know. You know what to do. I was just trying to solve my money problems, doing things the traditional way.
0: Well, the traditional way, like obviously, the education system is set up to create people who will work within the system and trade time for money. Like the whole system relies on that, so they're never going to yeah. teach people how to just oh, well, I'll just you know do this, this, and this, and then you don't even have to work.
2: <laughs> exactly, and like if someone yeah. who actually has a master's of teaching, mm-hmm. and it's funny because I I never actually worked as a full-time teacher, but I am an A four qualified teacher. Um, yeah. It is amazing. So, and I am K to twelve. Uh, qualified with a lot of specializations so it's like I I never really wanted to do that I'd probably be more on the route to be principal or superintendent or something like that but it never really was a system that I did really support you know I always was more of a born entrepreneur and I didn't even like school yeah. So I was actually just, you know, we were in Australia and I wanted to, I, I was traveling and when I met Vaughn in Australia, then I decided, to, oh, I should just stay longer, just do like more of a mm. university degree uh, here, just an extension yeah. of, of my existing degree and it sort of kind of stumbled upon it. So it was sort of ironic that I ended up working mm. in a school system, an institution I probably never really yeah. fully supported. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's crazy. I look at it as absurd, but so many things are absurd today, so I just don't try to get too deep into that. But <laughs>
2: Well, the school system really primarily was designed to, like, and I have to remind my 13-year-old about this every single day, who asked, why do I have to go to school? It's a safe environment. <laughs> and then I guess you could really kind of speculate on that, but really, I guess it was originally designed mm-hmm. to keep kids out of the workforce. But then you'd have Robert Kiyosaki here saying, like, let's mm-hmm. turn them into employees. Let's turn them out. And I really watch that. Now, I've seen like one kid in university, and then one that's gone through high school. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the beauty of having four kids at, at various yeah. ages, eight years. You can kind of see the finished product and kind of yeah. learn what to expect. So well, it,
0: they teach they teach them how to like blend into today's today's society, like our quote unquote Canadian norms, right? Ugh. Whatever Which, those
2: are. <laughs>
0: I mean, obviously, you don't want them. Like, there's a reason they don't teach deductive reasoning and logical fallacies in school. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they did, holy crap, we'd be. We, they wouldn't be able to manipulate us through the media and through you know, kind of programming to kind of make us want to go get that job and save into that pension and you know, be good little citizens. So, I love breaking that mold mm-hmm. and being an investor and and taking these alternative routes help us to do that. You yeah, know? break the mold. Uh, understand how the system is set up and then go, not against the grain, but you know, try and find a way to work with in the loopholes and Absolutely. what's available to you to get ahead. Yeah. Now elephant in the room today is that, and I say this all the time, so I apologize if this is getting old to anybody, but real estate's not sexy like it was. No, People are not nearly as excited about it
3: mm-hmm.
0: in general, doesn't mean the serious ones aren't still around, they definitely are. But uh, a lot of the people who are on the outside looking in um, very enthusiastically because they knew their uncle and their aunt had bought a pre construction condo and made 300 Mm grand, they're not as keen because now that aunt and uncle are trying to assign the contract and not sure how they're going to close.
2: So the aunt and have joined RPI education. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe that was the solution. So, so tell me a little bit about how the approach has changed in your eyes, uh, what your bread and butter investment is, mm-hmm. what you see people doing and working right now.
2: Oh, I love that question. Uh, real estate is the number one wealth builder, and it's as old as the hills. Mm-hmm. Okay, I remember one time at my aunt's funeral, I found this old picture. We were going through these photos. I found this picture of the first house my dad ever lived in mm-hmm. that my grandmother um, ended up somehow buying. I guess my uncle helped her because they had to emigrate from Lithuania um, after being in a displaced persons camp for years in Germany. And it was so funny. It was on Waverly Crescent in, in, um, in East York, and it was $14,000. Cool. And guess what was said on the back of this picture? Vendor take back. Nice. <laughs> and I just laugh because I'm like, and then also my aunt, like my dad laughed and I'm like, oh, was it just you and your brother and sister? He's like, we had 14 people living in this house. My mom was like cook. So basically my grandmother was a creative financing house hacker. And this is the way really like Canada was built a Mm -hmm. lot, a lot of these uh, people have been doing these strategies and people love to, you know, say real estate is great and then it's not great. And, you know, there's these new strategies and new ways to do it. There's there's very rarely new concepts in regards to real estate investing and it always has been the number one wealth builder. This is what helped people transform their lives Mm -hmm. and built jobs when they didn't have pensions. And they came from different countries, and they had to build their own wealth. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't have anyone really. They might have had other jobs or someone writing some somewhat of a paycheck, but a lot of the new immigrants who came here to Canada years and years ago, like I'm talking in the 1940s, I mean, they had no choice but to use this as a jumping-off point for this kind of wealth creation. It wasn't about for the wealthy. This is how people were literally surviving i was driving in um scarborough on sunday dropping my another east end dropping Mm -hmm. my daughter off at activate for birthday party and she's like look at those ugly homes and she's pointing at the wartime bungalows that were all on the main street, and like those homes are you know over a million dollars yeah and she's like well what a ripoff I'm like, no, 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 no. These homes are actually really, you know, believe it or not, this is how society was built. These are the kind of homes that people started off in, and this is what people used to build wealth. So I never really pay attention to, you know, in regards to is real estate good or bad. Real estate is the number one wealth builder. It always has been. It always will be. It's up to the investor to make it a good opportunity I agree. and you know so it's like real estate is is neither here nor there it's what is the investment you know specialists capabilities of turning that into like a great deal
0: so i mean what you're talking about is uh basically a level of sophistication needed to be had around a deal uh which has always been a thing that the the issue and the thing that's different and why so many people jumped on the bandwagon is because you could be terrible at real estate investing and make money. Yeah. Uh, you could do a terrible Reno, and the market would save you. And and that was true from, uh, I mean, really seriously true for most of like 2016 and onward. But I mean, in GTA, even longer than that, because uh, things have been going up so long. Uh, in London, where I started, everything was stagnant. Nothing moved. It just mm-hmm. stayed where it, right where it was, which I actually didn't mind. I mean, it, it makes for slow. You have to be more active. But, uh, you know, as far as like, Flipping, flipping. if you had no market appreciation, you have to either be exceptionally good at doing rentals on a very tight budget. Mm-hmm. You're either doing it yourself, which is not scalable, mm-hmm. or you have a team which you've built, which could be scalable, or you're getting great deals on the buy or some combo of all of the above. And uh, like, So the sophistication needs to be there, which is that right there in my estimation is why the market for people who want to do real estate investing has shrunk.
3: Yes, absolutely. Because the,
0: the level of time and analysis and diligence that would take is something a lot aren't willing to
2: do. It, it's true, and that's what we try yeah. to teach people. we say now yeah. is the perfect time to invest in real estate because mm-hmm. a lot of people are on the sidelines. When everyone was buying dur- during COVID, we were selling everything and refinancing yeah, assets, getting our money ready and prime for drops. And we were—we always buy below fair market value. We make money when we buy. Yeah. So are that's you big on off
0: market like offers and yes. mailers and all that no, stuff? No, I hate mailers not i think they're annoying
2: uh, no no what we do <laughs> what is do we, cre- do? we create real estate models yeah. so i spend yeah. most of my days my husband and i creating figuring out what works in various markets so we're all across canada and the u.s and we only focus on high growth markets so i don't chase cheap properties i don't look at areas that have mm-hmm. flat economies we're in like we used to be in the tertiary markets more so We first started off in Northern Ontario, so that's what real estate mistakes solve it. This is where I learned a lot of lessons, and I made a fortune there. But it took me years to get out of that market, and Mm. um, that's where we made like a million dollars of mistakes.
0: There's built big cash flow in Northern Ontario, or there was. Yes. Whether there still is, uh, it's less so than it was.
2: Yes. Well, there's there was, and there's also a lot of problems in Northern Ontario, and like we went. From that point, we kind of rebuilt in the more of the tertiary markets. When I say that, I would talk about you know the Hamilton, the Berry, uh, Oshawa. Hamilton's tertiary? Kitchener, <laughs> it was. Because we've on yeah, this for over 14 years. Yeah, so yeah, we've been in sure. Hamilton since like, we've been in Hamilton and all these markets for probably over 10 years. Okay. Um, and so like we were buying in Berry when it was under $200,000. Very cool. Same with like Hamilton, same with Oshawa and all these areas we did call them the tertiary markets. So, we'd figure out these markets and we were kind of innovators in the markets. A lot of people were investing there, you know, but we were, you know, relatively new to the market because people were trying primarily trying to do like new build condos in Toronto. That was their f- and I've never that was not our jam, you know. Like mm-hmm. we wanted more of these properties in these areas with substantial growth. And they were relatively less than the GTA or Toronto. Oh, yeah. But now you're right, like fast forward now, those tertiary markets are not so tertiary. Uh, they are very, very expensive markets. And even when they started hitting the four hundred, five dollars $500,000 price point, we had to change our investment model. So mm-hmm. what we do is we, and rather than leave areas and just continue to buy elsewhere and chase cheap properties, we figure out what model will work in this area. And we form teams of experts in each one of these areas. So we'll have real estate specialists, mortgage specialists, you know, contractors, home inspectors, property managers. And then when people want to, we build out the model with the real estate agent. And then when people want to invest in that area, they know what the expected ROI is. They know what the exact strategy is. Yeah. They know they're pre-approved. They know how much capital they'll have to have. So now when the agents love to work with us, because we have agents on our team, we're sending them qualified buyers who are going to say yes. Yeah. So they don't even have to have their properties hit the board.
0: So what markets in Ontario are you, are you focused on right now?
2: Well, right now, I'm actually, believe it or not, focused on Markham.
0: Markham I'm okay. buying
2: in Markham, right in our own backyard. I think your own backyard is always the strongest. Toronto. Okay. And so- Calgary. We oh, just came back Toronto? from Calgary, yeah. uh, strong, we've been in Calgary for five years, but we just got back from there because we ended up selling some stuff there. Uh, I was speaking out there recently yeah. and we have a great group out there and we're also uh, developing homes in Florida, so we've been in the Florida market
0: Same, I've been doing for the a same. While Although well. I put a pause on that because mm-hmm. the numbers kind of got eroded a bit as the uh, market came down. Uh, right. But let's focus on Markham for a second. Mm-hmm. Tell me the story. What is your approach with Markham?
2: So our approach with Markham, we love Markham because it is a very, very, it's where we live, first of all. Yeah. And it's a very, very up and come. Well, it's not up and coming. It's come. It's arrived. It's, a, it's
0: been a major market <clears> for quite some time. And it's yeah. never
2: really going to not be. Kind of like downtown yeah. Toronto. It's never really going to not be. And I think that's what people have yeah. to focus on now is like with COVID, people are kind of investing everywhere and anywhere. And then all of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of those areas were driven up falsely and then they've like drop down because no one wants to live there anymore mm-hmm. you're never, never going to really get that with calgary with markham yeah. you know with with downtown cities markham's yeah. sort of
0: a bedroom for for toronto proper anyway yes. right like you can commute in for work people do
2: yes absolutely. same with
0: burlington they do uh and hamilton even now
2: oh yeah yeah, yeah. i like anything like even uh my favorite area is actually probably the niagara falls there if you're looking for the lower price point sure because it's such a great area. It's close to here. My son goes out to school there, but Mm. it's just, you know, it's still people will do that drive. Yeah, they'll be like, especially with
0: the work from home thing, because they'll have to come in once a Mm -hmm. week or something. They'll drive in, you know, for that one day. Yeah. And that's a long day, but then they don't have to do it for the rest of the week.
2: I do love that market. I love it. We were in Windsor for a while. Uh, Windsor was—we were in Windsor when it was under hundred thousand dollars. That's cool. And you know, so we made a lot of money there. But then now it's like six hundred thousand. So we told all our people sell everything. People made a fortune during COVID in uh, Windsor because people were overpaying for these properties. For sure.
0: Well, people were overpaying for almost everything everywhere. Yeah. Because of the the availability of money. Yeah. Uh, So in Markham, what Mm -hmm. kind of are you buying? Houses, apartments. Houses. So do you ever do apartments in other cities?
2: I have a condo in downtown Toronto. Okay. And the reason I have that is it was off market. Okay. And I got this condo. It's right by out of St. Mike's Hospital. Mm-hmm. It's 680 square feet. It's like a real condo in an mm-hmm. older established building. It's not like the ICE condos or, or okay. whatever it is. And we, we got it for just over $400,000, cool. believe it or not. And this was just last year. Oh, wow. And this value was 650000 so That's there's right. an example of making money when you buy, yeah. bought it, immediately refinanced it, we pulled out, I think it was like 70, yeah. and ho- hold cool. it, Nice. and actually use that money to hold stuff. it, because in real estate investing, no money down is great. We leverage whatever, but eventually, you got to pay for something. People like we're so over mm-hmm. the smokes and mirrors. So you take your refi, and then you can yep. actually use it to set aside on your HELOC, and then use it to pay, True. you know, your stuff. Because it's hard to get things cash flow positive. Hundred um, Even in downtown Toronto, it's there's it's so like paradoxical Really, in regards to what people say, you know, it's like oh, there's no housing. But then to get tenants to pay what you need them to pay, you know they say the rents are so high, but our mortgages are even higher.
3: Yeah.
2: So it is tough to get things going. But I mean, when you make when you acquire an asset with that much built-in equity, it's really kind of that's what you need to do to operate in these yeah. in these A-plus markets it, it, for in sure. My, yeah,
0: in my opinion, just nowadays that's that's the way it's you have you time. have to make money on the buy, mm-hmm. um, or. You make money on the buy in some other way with creative financing terms or something like that. There's there's a big value add for you on the buy. Yes. Yeah, there has to be. Um, Absolutely. Okay, so the Markham example. Oh yeah, uh, Mark me, give me do that. Give me a recent one you did. And okay. What what was it? Why was it appealing? What'd you do?
2: So. In Markham, we do two things. Um, so one, we'll buy for, for buy-rent-holds. So we bought an amazing duplex. It was already converted. Uh, it was actually a townhouse that was converted into two. It was a historic mm-hmm. building. It was beautiful. It steps from Markham Main Street. Mm-hmm. And they had it listed for um, like $900,000. Okay. And as a joke, I put in an offer for eight hundred. Cause so I was gonna. Actually, it was nine fifteen originally, and I just put in eight hundred, mm-hmm. and they accepted it. And so I'm like, oh, I should have went lower, <laughs> but still, it was just once again. This mm-hmm. is you know example of getting something with the built in equity, and then yeah. I knew that one unit was already renovated, mm-hmm. and it was very very like upscale. Uh, and the the upper unit was not, and there was yeah. a tenant there. So I got a vacant, mm-hmm. and renovated it. I think I put, and I do have a great contract. I do a lot of renos and a lot of flips as yeah, well. Yes, so you get good
0: pricing. On so that. I have a great
2: contract to put like maybe five thousand mm-hmm. dollars into it. Okay. And then we're able to re to um you know increase the value of that property to a one point three million dollar. Just property. with how much renovation? Five thousand. Five thousand. Oh wait, I forgot. And we also furnished it. Fully furnished it, yeah, and um, and that too. It's yeah. so funny because we did a lot of it on our own, like yeah. a lot of the Kijiji stuff. But it looks really, really good because I love yeah. things very, very upscale. You can mm-hmm. go on Airbnb and see all the photos. We stay with the the Main Street charm, okay, and uh, then did them as midterm executive rentals.
0: Midterm executive on Airbnb yeah. or not.
2: Well, we are on Airbnb for minimum 30 days, okay. um, but I did do the first one on Kijiji, okay. and that was really interesting because we were renting, you know, each unit was rented out for over $3,500 a month.
0: Is that
3: and that's your
0: present rent? Like it's three thousand five hundred yeah. a month consistently?
2: Well, actually, no. Yeah. The present rent now for the for the main and bottom unit was is been rented out for four thousand five hundred for the last together six months. The top oh, each. unit now is is rented out now for more of the the uh, three thousand five hundred
0: dollars. So you have 4, and $3,500 yeah. right now. Okay. So right now that place is bringing in eight grand. Yeah. An up down duplex. Yeah. Okay, and, and that's it,
2: not normal for Markham. No, it and that's be. not normal for. It's just because. And this is like yeah. so. You threw out a
0: Kijiji ad, got somebody, and then you're on Airbnb yeah. as well, and you're getting people that are, are only. Booking for so a, we
2: tried the short. You it's tried just doing like two, three horrible. days. Horrible! Oh my gosh! Don't ever do this. <laughs> it was like adventures of talk that's about the only hands-on Airbnb you've done like short term. Well, yeah, it's a
0: full blown like business like to yeah. to run that. Like it's it's crazy.
2: It's it was really it was just not working. And yeah. when I look at the financials mm-hmm. and the amount of trouble that went back, yeah. um, I was like, you know what? I like these short term, these midterm like executive rentals. I think it just fits better with our life. Like the guy right yeah. now, the people I've been in there for the the guy who's renting it right now and his wonderful family
0: mm-hmm.
2: came in July and they're staying till February. It's amazing. And so it kind of attracts, like, that's why I really like the city areas. I like more kind of, you know, homes that I can buy, make money when I buy in A-plus areas, yeah. get A-plus assets. Because what mm-hmm. our goal for our primary portfolio is a $20 million portfolio on 10 properties. And okay. If I don't see a property being able to to turn in the next 7 to 10 years to a $2 million property, I don't
0: want it. So you just want to keep number of doors down.
2: Yeah. So I want a less is more yeah I've, I've been in the hundred property club mm-hmm. having hundred properties like having hundred kids um, yeah. you know I, at this point I think if you have a hundred properties you should be operating or managing a fund yeah and we do a lot of you that. you have to run it
0: like a serious business yeah
2: it should be more like a yeah fund management you know sort yeah. of structure otherwise I think your portfolio starts to manage you and that's like in that book Real Estate Mistakes we talk a lot about that mm-hmm. how you know our portfolio really ran away from us from doing mm-hmm. too much too soon i wanted to be a stay at home mom i was nowhere near my kids for like 3 years yeah and you know and i had little little babies like i was even yeah. having our daughter during these these adventures wow. so I think that's why I really kind of like the um You could see where you could get it if you could buy it right. Get the night right. Well, you obviously know
0: your market well. You're there. You see it. You see it with your own eyes. What did you guys put into that to furnish it? Like, how much money do you figure you spent between your team and and all the assets you bought for furniture? For the
2: furniture, oh, it was like five thousand dollars. That's it. Like you're all in for
0: five grand to furnish that. Yes. How the heck do you do for five grand?
2: Okay, so a lot of it was. Remember, this was like more of an eighteen century kind of like uh, place. So So a lot of it was just, yeah, like uh, someone was giving us beautiful armoire away and you know, so a lot of those things, a lot of Kijiji, but we did mix up brand new mattresses obviously. It's not really that hard. Now we did end up doing it, we've done this a lot of times now, Um, Mm -hmm. we ended up getting another property in Markham that we were supposed to flip. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so this property also is just located just down the street from the Mm -hmm. other property. So prime area, And this property was a dump. Uh, It's a semi-detached property, and it was just awful, Um, like mold, and it was a state whatever. But once again, we we got it, and we lowballed, lowballed. We had to really fight for this property, and we ended up getting this property for I think it was around seven hundred and seventy-one thousand dollars. And you have to realize in Markham, the average house like is one point like like just like your average. Townhouse. You can't really yeah. like get anything for under a million dollars.
0: So, and what you're talking about is a detached. The one we're talking about is this the, example. It's a semi. It was a semi. The one that yeah. you, you got uh, eight thousand a month in rent on.
2: No, that is actually townhouse.
0: That's a townhouse. That's a it townhouse
2: is. converted into two freehold town.
0: Okay, freehold yeah. time. Let's just stick with yeah. that example for a moment here because mm-hmm. I want to get an idea of the numbers. Like, do you know approximately what you'd be into for annual property taxes on that property?
2: Yes. So the property taxes on there are not much because Markham pays the lowest in taxes. Oh cool. Which is another good thing. So it's around two thousand dollars a year. Two
0: thousand. Okay, that's mm-hmm. that's low. Uh, and then insurance wise you'd probably be like what, twenty. I have
3: 100? to pay a little
2: more for insurance because I disclosed but it is short term. shorter term, especially when it was short term. It's yeah. very important to do that. Oh, for sure. And so that is around 200 and I think it was 220 a month.
0: Okay, 220 times 12. Yeah, so 26, that's not even bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then maintenance, I just have 5% in here. Yes, that, that's 5%
2: ma- maintenance, vacancy. And, and then
0: utilities. Yeah, I guess you should throw on a vacancy here. What, what do you mm-hmm. figure you are? 3%. 3%, okay. Um, and utilities like you're paying all three and internet, right?
2: Yep. And yeah, um, yeah we get the internet because then they have like the Roku yeah. TV, which like gives them launch. all the channels yeah. and stuff. So.
0: So you're probably what like three fifty a month?
2: For the utilities, for yeah. Including internet, hydro's really
0: expensive. Yeah, it is. Oh and God. then gas, well, gas. Yeah, yeah. So
2: I'll tell you that. But. Oh, let yeah. me tell
0: you about propane. Yeah. I that
2: that place, yeah, propane. I have that at that other place. Yeah, propane. I have propane
0: at my place. Oh so my goodness. Uh, okay, so I'm just gonna add that. Hi friends, I just wanted to take a moment away from the episode to tell you about my brand new structured coaching program. This is the first time I've ever offered a structured coaching program where we'll have regular meetings in addition to an intro call uh, to go through what your goals are and help you get on a plan to achieve those goals within real estate. So if you've followed me for some time and you feel that I would be a fit for you to help you achieve your goals in real estate based on my skill set, based on the topics we cover on this show, I encourage you to head over to my website andrew-hynes.com forward slash coaching and fill out the questionnaire so that we can schedule a call and figure out if it's a fit for us to work together. Let's face it, most people could benefit from a second set of eyes and ears going over their strategies, different deals that they're looking at, and helping to springboard ideas back and forth. This is a program that's exactly for that. So if you're looking to build confidence in what you're doing in real estate investing and get very clear on what it is you're trying to accomplish, this might just be the program for you. Take a moment, fill out that questionnaire, and let's schedule a chat. Okay, so I put in utilities and internet 4,200 a year. Does that sound a little low?
2: Yeah, that sounds around. That sounds
0: about right? Yeah. No. Yeah, let's just throw that in there for now. We can tweak it, tweak it if we need. Uh, do you pay any management? or No. You have an internal team that manages no, or I just, you just take care of it? there's not
2: much to do. I like to keep an eye on our own
0: yeah, properties because I, I, I had you. a lot
2: of pro- problems with property managers yeah. from mm-hmm. distance properties before.
0: Landscaping, snow removal.
2: You know what? There's no front yard. Yeah. Um, so my husband, like we live just down the street. Mm-hmm. So we have a shovel out there, but literally there's like a step, one step. We'll yeah. have the shovel salt. So the tenants just take care uh, of it. And then we have the... Um, backyard has little lawn. And my husband would just go over there and cut the grass. And the tenants actually said, Mm -hmm. I would like to cut the grass Mm -hmm. and started taking photos of them. And I'm like, you don't have to do this. right? And if you ever change your mind, Mm -hmm. or do you need us to provide you with, like, what do you need? Because in in Ontario, it's our job to shovel the snow and cut their grass. And so, but this is the kind of tenants we're attracting. They're just a Markham family who's renovating their house.
0: That's great. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I like the idea because you almost avoid some of the landlord-tenant issues That's if you know that these tenants have a reason to leave. Yeah. and i remember hearing sarah larby talk about this early on like she did not want people who answered they're looking for their forever home like that like eliminates them from considerations yes, because <laughs> you want the turnover oh we just need a place temporarily perfect yes. music to my ears
2: i don't want anyone yeah. like i'm actually terrified of tenants i was just at the ontario landlord yeah. watch conference i saw sarah there oh, yeah. um yeah and it was just like well we were sponsoring that event because we work closely with kayla andrade okay. and you know it's because i love what she does for landlords in ontario and our rights are so minimal that I'm terrified of tenants in that regard. That's why I don't. And when we were started out in Northern Ontario, yeah. we were all about like working class tenants. Mm-hmm. That was our avatar. And now I'm like, uh-uh, I'm Keep after the Henry's, I'm yeah. after the high earners, not rich yet. <laughs> Temporary housing, just yeah. want to come in, you know, you have to give them a premium product, but that's what I'm about now, yeah. is offering a premium product. For, for a t- premium price, only certain people can afford to pay the prices we're and that's okay. Asking
0: that's the exact model I took with the student rentals. Mm-hmm. I wanted the ones that had the wealthier parents that wanted to pay for nicer. Yeah, you, know, you got to know who you're going after. And generally speaking, you will almost always have a better time dealing with that tenant base yes. over over the uh, the lower income earners.
2: Absolutely, and it's
0: unfortunate that it's that way, but mm-hmm. it, it is okay. So, did you get an eighty percent mortgage
2: on that? Um, I got a 70% seventy percent mortgage on that.
0: And 25 year? Um, 30. 30 year, okay. And what approximate interest rate did you oh, get?
2: Oh,
0: 5.35. 5.35. Not too bad compared to what some people are getting these days. Well,
2: I'm, we're stated income. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Yeah. And that was before even the hikes, too. So people are freaking out about intri- increased mortgage or interest yeah. rates. You know, when you're stated income, too. Yeah. Because we don't have jobs. We're full-time so investors. We- yeah, but you can
0: show income through companies or what have you. There's different yes. ways to show that. So, I mean, I'm showing three thousand three hundred a month in cash flow yeah. on that one. So that's a big one. Mm-hmm. That'll do. Don't often hear that in Ontario. Yeah. But well, I mean, the the most crazy part of it is obviously the top line. The eight thousand a month. Is, yes. Is obviously very exceptionally rare. Yeah. Most people with that property are going to be getting, you know, five grand max. Yes. You're getting eight.
2: They were getting like before the girl who was living in there was paying 1400 a month for the upstairs. Yeah, that's wild. Because they were giving them $1,400 yeah. a month conditions. We were giving, you know, at one point, mm-hmm. before we even did the Airbnb thing, we were offering biweekly house cleaning.
0: Oh, okay. We had
2: a like to come in there and give them this luxury yeah. treatment.
0: So would you say that that's the typical type of deal you try and do?
2: Mm, kind of, yes. So what how, I like to do- How would the other one be different? Okay, so the other ones are different. What we do is one, we're trying to stay in our own backyard in high-growth markets. Two, we try to solve the housing crisis, um, and three, we're trying to less is more strategy. And this is what we train other people to do as well. So our favorite type of project, and I know this is a pretty basic thing in this day and age, in the real estate investing world, is the burr, mm-hmm. and it's the conversion of a single-family unit, you know, to add at least one or two more additional units. Yeah. You have the appreciation of the single family home, but you also allow for mortgage helpers. A lot of people in Markham live with their in-laws, our housing is really expensive. Mm-hmm. So they have to, you know, have their in-laws live with them and they both go on the mortgage or mm-hmm. they have to tenant out the basement. We also work with like balanced containers for to to add a, another suite. So we've been doing like ADUs in the in the um in the backyard as well or or over garage conversions like there's so many things you can do without compromising yeah. the actual structure, because uh, I think the greatest appreciation always is that single-family home.
0: The single-family. Mm-hmm. So you're not pro on finishing a basement.
2: I love finishing a basement.
0: But that well, that does change and then the converting that home. to
2: a. Uh, to an, an, a unit as an in-law suite or a Okay, so you do like that as an in-law o- suite. Renter. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I was
0: just clarifying that. Then, like, the rear yard unit, you like those?
2: I do, I do. Um, They're if, just so if, expensive to put in. If it's required, yes. like So
0: expensive uh, to put in. The
2: laneway homes. But I, when yeah. you're in a market like, tr- like Toronto, yeah. and we're buying properties for under a million dollars. Yeah. And then we're converting this. And we've done this for over five years in in the downtown Toronto market as well. So it's through various conditions. And the price point hasn't even fluctuated too, too much. Our Toronto specialist is a whiz at finding these So give me an
0: example of the type of property you're looking for in Toronto. Like, is there a certain dimension? Is it detached? That's pretty rare to find in Toronto unless you're-
2: Well, detached or semi.
0: Okay, detached detached or semi.
2: semi. Um, Already has like an existing suite in the downstairs, that probably needs, you know, maybe to be legalized or what is legal in Toronto is, or okay. at least renovated, and then probably throw a third suite in the back. Because then okay. you're, if you're buying properties in Toronto under a million mm-hmm. and then you're refinancing, you're putting some money in and then refinancing that at 1.6, 1.7 million, mm-hmm. there's equity to be made there. It's just the margins yeah. have to be that big for real yeah. estate investing to work. Well, yeah, it's just.
0: Like if I have a two unit and then I don't know depends on what you're doing if you're adding a third, you're doing a Reno, you're gonna be spending at least a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars right uh, usually I mean some people can do things cheaper, but the average person like they're gonna spend mm-hmm. in that kind of ballpark so I guess well, it still remember justifies. that property I
2: told you about in Markham. The yeah. one that we flipped that we got for seven seventy one, yeah, we wanted to turn that into because originally even the appraisal came in in the like as is condition for almost like a million dollars basically, okay. and we wanted to just tidy up. It's a very small footprint of a semi detached home. We wanted to turn that into like a one point three million property and mm-hmm. dollar property and flip it. Well, our contractor went in there and gutted the whole thing from top to bottom, mm-hmm. and believe it or not, our reno budget for that was sixty thousand dollars for a full gut yeah
3: how, how many square gut. feet
2: was it it is around 1500 square feet
0: you fully gutted and refinished a property yes. for 60 grand
2: and that's the that was the contractor that we work with we've done a lot of these flip properties well, in markham insane. like nobody yeah. does that mm-hmm.
0: Was he, was he paying you to work for you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: Well, Kinda we give him right. a lot of business. Yeah. <laughs> and we worked with him for probably 12, 13 years. He actually mm-hmm. has followed us all over the place around. So we keep him
1: mm-hmm. very,
2: very busy. Um, and even with the Toronto repairs, like I think a lot of the thing, too, is when I guess they're doing things, a lot of them at cost. But we also know how to renovate on a budget as well. Like So for that house, for example, yeah. we kept all the floors we don't change the footprint we'll knock down walls not load bearing we we don't change the footprint of structures mm-hmm. and we have uniform changes and it, all of our flips if you ever look at anything we done or all our projects they're all documented you'd see a lot of the time it just consists of you know floor staining if we're not redoing it knocking down one wall it's not load yeah. bearing opening it up with a nice so there you would breakfast bar in a kitchen putting some st- sorry
0: there you would have stained the floors yeah and when you say gutted, are you are you referring to like ripping the drywall off, ripping the insulation out, all the electrical gets gutted out? No. No, you still left to
2: um all out no so there were a little bit of electrical upgrades okay I won't so you're buy more anything. just talking
0: like the kitchen yeah. take the cabinets out and redo it
2: yeah well there was mold remediation that was okay. one thing okay that stuff.
0: makes more sense i thought you were talking yeah. like back to the studs
2: not so yeah. so much so for back to yeah. the studs you're you're probably looking for in a sense it's to the studs uh but it's not to the studs if you know what i'm saying so no yeah. we haven't just ripped back, out you're talking about it's to the not drywall. like starting with a shell yeah it was just basically but we will rip all the bathrooms out yeah all the stuff out out, the toilets Mm -hmm. the
0: vanities and then replace them redo the tiles if you need to that kind of thing yeah yeah so i
2: knew it would be like an easy easy project and i told we actually did this this project with partners and i told them okay guys like this isn't a flip market we could try Mm -hmm. to flip this but we got to be ready to um you know for a plan b so another one of my rules of thumb is i will not buy anything in this market, unless it already has a a bathroom in the basement and a separate entrance. That's where renos get really expensive, is when you have to create separate entrances and you have to create bathrooms and kitchens. This had all that in there,
0: it was. You need the kitchen there or you just need the plumbing for the kitchen there?
2: You need the plumbing for the kitchen there, definitely. And if it has some sort of Existing mm-hmm. thing because then you got to look at your your electrical like even though you know with the the specific type of volts to have You know the oven where's the, where's the washer dryer mm-hmm. like these are the little things that people kind of Forget about they think oh, I could just mm-hmm. create this this brand new suite So I'm not talking about creating things from a shell I always mm-hmm. create things that have you know the existing you know fundamentals. I guess you can say in mm-hmm. there to, to create that end product. This one flip that we did years and years ago, I think it must have been almost five years ago, um, it was a huge house, like 4,000 square feet in Markham. Total space that we, I think we ended up putting 120 into that one. Okay, uh, That was more. But I remember we had to make a choice not to put a bathroom in there because we yeah. went over, but we made sure we made that an option mm-hmm. for the next person. That one didn't even have yeah. a second second suite in it. It was just more of a a yeah. flip okay. that we got. But for this one, sure enough, what happened was the property was sitting while the market started dropping, interest rates went up. You know, we're getting lowball offers on this property. And I knew that all we had to do with this property was put up one piece of drywall and we've created a duplex. Yeah, so we sure. legit just take that separate entrance, we used to walk right into the kitchen, put one piece of drywall there and now they have a separate entrance, goes downstairs, um, you know, just did a little kitchenette. Sort of thing in there, just ripped out all the old stuff. Beautiful, huge bathroom and has, you know, a nice bedroom in there. And then the upstairs is three bedrooms,
1: yeah. one and a
2: half bathrooms. So now we did the same thing, furnished that. And this, we did all brand new furnishings and it was on Wayfair and it was mm-hmm. still $5,000. And that was for the two units again. Okay. so it takes some like bargain shopping and I hear people come on. I know friends of mine in this industry they spent 40 50 thousand on on furnishing this with Airbnb I hear all of these arbitrage people that yeah do these when things. I hear people
0: say 50 I'm mm. like well, that sounds like too much like I I've heard that you know I've heard five to ten it can be mm-hmm. done and that's kind of like the more frugal uh, approach if it's just an apartment yeah five yeah. you can do it like uh, I, I hear the range but if, if you're willing to go and if you have a bit of a knack for it, searching marketplace, finding you know good finds. Yeah. The thing I find a hassle with that is you got to send somebody to pick them up because mm-hmm. I don't like doing running around. Like all Wayfair around.
2: delivers to the to Wayfair, your door.
0: Wayfair, Wayfair can be cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And then you know what else? Yeah. I even has so worried Andrew about mm-hmm. this property with a narrow stairwell, and I'm like, I don't need any stress in my life. Mm-hmm. So I don't need anything because already, you know, you try to get the furniture. It doesn't fit whatever. I don't need mm-hmm. any stress. We need to get this done and rented. And what we're going to do is is fully tenant this property, mm-hmm. get a full year of financials, put it back on the market and show it as a fully furnished, you know, yeah. two rental building. And what the income, now they can look at an income approach mm-hmm. rather than just the, buyer. The, the thing. But I even got the mattresses at Wayfair. Yeah. Actually, did I do Wayfair National Mattress? I think one was way and one was natural but I made sure they're rolled up and carried them right up there and just ding strung yeah. them out nice queen pillow top yeah you know thick do not skimp out on mattresses no wants <laughs> to sleep yeah, on a cheap for mattress sure, for
3: sure. but it was like yeah. those
2: things that's how easy it really can be because what is it really that you're furnishing you yeah. know like a couple dressers a couple beds mattresses things and I I do love to shop. Like, I I would say I have a knack for it. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have a horrible looking house. Especially in this house, that main Mm -hmm. unit is renting out also for, like, the $4,500 a month. That's and great. then it's the same numbers. And as it's the all the bottom. same, like
0: Marketplace, could GG define those tenants?
2: Ugh. So I kind of am just doing the Airbnb and I'm a bit worried oh, no, now about the Airbnb. Oh, you're just doing Airbnb for Airbnb. Yeah. I'm getting a bit worried. There's a lot of talks of Airbnb. That, I think that platform might be a bit in trouble. I think people tend to use Airbnb as a verb, um, whereas really I'm referring short-term. to as the actual platform. Yeah, so yeah. we like the midterm. But mid-term, I mean, yeah. people are shutting, shutting, you know, like the municipalities are now, you know, mm saying they need to have licensing they're yeah. they're really pushing back to solve this this housing crisis so you got to stay as creative yeah. but if we didn't have that plan b you yeah. know we would be just having to sell this property for a flip at a loss and that's not good so you always have to have a so plan you, b
0: 771 plus your rental you wouldn't get that back out of that
2: well, maybe you would just,
0: but it wouldn't be pretty okay, get it
2: back out of that, but, but why I like, I like but you know what, why would I settle for that like I'm a sure. full time investor, sure, and you know when we go into these projects together, and some we do for self, some we do with others, mm-hmm. um you know we always kind of ex- i want our clients to make money, and the market is goes in ebbs and flows, so if you don't have a plan a b c sometimes d e and f sure you know. <clears throat> You got to kind of know who you're working with, too, so you don't get with excitable people like, oh, my God, like my flip doesn't sell. Well, yeah, that happens a lot in investing. Yeah. What can you do to really get that's that what high plan return? That's has got to be
0: good, right? Like, you, mm-hmm. you, you might want to go in and flip. And I, I think that's what you said you wanted to here. But you, you have that plan. Like, we can just do midterm rentals and we have precedent to do these values. So we know we're good there. That's the kind of investing I like where yes. you you know you have a pretty rock solid plan A and B or if you know your A is maybe questionable B's rock solid and maybe you can even come up with a plan C. Yeah. Your plan C would be sell it at a break even and hey, you, you learned something or, yes. or at least you didn't lose. You know, it depends on what you're okay with.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's why
0: you got to be okay with that plan A, B, and C. Am I okay with any one of those outcomes?
2: Absolutely. I think that's what differentiates yeah. people who are just like, yeah, I'm just going to buy and sell a house like novice yeah, investor. through it. And that's why, you know, in, in that Real Estate Wins, we talk yeah. about our systems.
3: Yeah. So when we sure.
2: almost made a million, when we made a million dollars of mistakes, not almost, and we had to stop and regroup Mm -hmm. we formulated on very specific systems that really kind of account for what can go wrong and really kind of take a Mm -hmm. lot of these margins of error out of the equation because the real estate is the only investment that you could actually put a number to any possible problem and really almost Mm -hmm. plan for your problems oh i'm scared of tenants well have a year and a half or the yeah. vacancy, sure. you know, set aside. Because that's how long they can be it's out. It's funny that,
0: that money, cash flow coming in, just like cures most worries. Like no. it, pretty much any worry you can name, just like a lot more cash flow, just pretty much cures that. Oh, but I'm worried about dealing with tenants. Well, what are the odds you get one? It's one in 20 that's going to maybe not pay rent for a year. Probably, probably even one in like more than that. But... If you have the cash flow to cover that off, you're like, okay, yes, <laughs> I'm set. Like I know based on the numbers, I'm set. Like mm-hmm. something extremely abnormal would have to happen for, yep. for me to have a problem there.
2: And that's the what we try to help people do is set yeah. themselves up financially. Yeah. Figure out what is it you want to achieve, what strategy bet best matches with you to achieve this goal. Mm. And then how can you sit nice and hold this investment? Because for these investments, like I say, in Toronto, in Markham, you know, in these areas, like a lot of our West Center clients mm. are investing in Oakville. They're doing this in Oakville. They're doing this what in you Burlington. Just yep.
0: That, like that simple, like typical methodology. Like, yes. Multiple units. They're trying to get more than one unit. Yeah. Whether well, they got to add it through a run and then do a lot of these midterm but rentals. But in
2: great areas. In great areas. Midterm rentals in great areas. Yes. Great areas. And like just a single family home conversion. I know the strategy has been done several times, but not in dodgy areas, still in the great areas because you need those those supporting yeah. properties
0: so you think in oakville i mean oakville i feel like midterm would do great these mm-hmm. I mean, people love oakville
2: people don't all want 12 month yeah. leases yes
0: yeah, so and oakville
2: is very high end
0: well in oakville is like markham thing, like the, the west thing, version of markham like you're going to get better people applying mm-hmm. so you're going to have your pick you're going to see the incomes um, and you know they're going to have a reason to leave because they're playing way above market rent yep. for the furnished rental mm-hmm. they're probably going to want to go buy their own furniture eventually I kind of like that. I like seeing that there's another thing that's working. You know, a lot of people look at short term. Short term is uh, uh, absurd. Amount of work. It is. Like, it is. I said, I have to decide you want to do it, but everybody's like, everybody and their dog wants it. You know, it's very popular at this point. Not for me. I'm like, my
2: husband's going to divorce me if I keep making him do these (laughs) short term rentals because, oh, it was just so many stories. And my poor poor husband having to deal with the short term people. And the neighbors did not like it either. And they called. The yeah. city, for the ones in the uh, in the town home and we got and I'm very yeah. grateful for that because that yeah. made me change to 30 days
0: no that's that's great mm. we have probably we have a resort and a cottage resort up in Tobamoria. and probably between the two we probably have like five to 800 guests come through in the summer mm-hmm. <laughs> oh wow that's a lot yeah. of people. yeah yeah uh, so it's uh yeah it's it's an intense thing that requires an entire system we get up to like 10 employees at our height. Right, plus subcontractors and you know VAs and yeah, yeah. it's it's an organization. Well, that's a business.
2: It. And it's like, so yeah. one of my uh, mm-hmm. clients came to me, and she's uh, unfortunately one of the clients that has like shiny penny syndromes. Usually, mm-hmm. we try to like take the shiny penny syndrome out and yeah. get you laser focused on your mm-hmm. goal, your why, and what you want to achieve. But then people yeah. go listen to all sorts of different information, and mm-hmm. they want to do this and that and the other thing. And all of a sudden, she decides she wants to buy a lodge in Nipissing on like Nipissing mm-hmm. for like four million dollars and so i'm like you don't need to buy a, are yeah. you going to live in this lodge what are you going yeah. to do in this lodge how are you going to manage you're not buying a lodge yeah. at this point this is a business so this is an example of real estate with mm-hmm. business one of our berry specialists colby marshall uh he actually owned a lodge on lake of bays okay. which is incredible and we went there we over there for the opening day we vacationed there or whatever and he's like i'm like be careful colby you're gonna you know you're getting yourself a job here or whatever and he couldn't he was just like, I want out of this investment after mm-hmm. a while. They made great money and did it. So it's really important to see things yeah. for what they actually are. Like if you wanna be um, in a real estate investor and you believe in this, like, Tobermory is absolutely beautiful. I want to go mm-hmm. there. I've seen it's like tropical islands or something. Yeah, it looks
0: like could be you know, oh something in goodness. Greece or something. The grotto is, is pretty cool. I yeah. need
2: to get out of Muskoka yeah. and just go to Tomarai. Yeah, is I see as far is really as I cool. Get. It,
0: it's it's uh, a far you know easier to access uh, place to stay than Muskoka. Mm-hmm. You know from a price point, uh, accessibility. I mean, at least you don't have the traffic, but it's far. Yes. Yeah. No traffic though. You can just c- just go. cruise. Well, we
2: just should cruise. go. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna come to your yeah. resort this yeah, summer. Check it out. I hope you have rooms for all of us for cabins. We, we do cause...
0: glamping. Oh, so, I so love the one's glamping. glamping uh, tents, <gasps> trailers. Uh, really cool grotto getaway.com if you mm-hmm. want to check out that and then we also have our cottage resort which is yeah cottages on the water mm. um small and small cabins yeah
2: yes no i absolutely yeah. that's all we do in the summer
3: yeah. is
2: we are like in nature we spend the majority of it up up north in the Muskokas. We, there's another lake we go to and outside of ottawa and keleboge okay. um but absolutely love it and i absolutely yeah. love glamping because when vaughn and i lived in australia
3: mm-hmm.
2: that's what we used to do is we used to go glamping because I wouldn't yeah. camp and um, we were in the middle of nowhere we went to Equestria yeah. Wilderness it was 24 million acre Wilderness Park oh wow like that's how much wow. land there is out there but we went mm. to some great that's spots cool. so definitely come check that yeah, out yeah the glamping
0: thing is a cool concept because you know not everybody wants to pull out a sleeping bag you know yes. so to have a queen bed you know a nice soft mattress oh yeah that. it was
2: like a full-size yeah. hotel room yeah. with Inside the a tent. tent over it. and then an <laughs> yeah. indoor bathroom like i remember oh, the had bathroom had wallpaper <laughs>
0: Oh, that's cool.
2: <laughs> it was yeah. incredible, but yeah, that's next level. We
0: haven't we haven't gone to that level. Um, we do have like nice bathrooms, mm-hmm. but they're not in the tents.
2: Well, uh, when this client was talking about that, I was yeah. explaining to her. You know, even just knowing the numbers right away, I think it's really important people understand their numbers and you know their NOI calculations of wh- whether mm-hmm. this is going to work or not. Yeah. And she's trying to make this this bad deal into a great deal. You can't force things mm-hmm. to work. In real estate investing, and it really is about looking for those diamonds in the rough, and it's just knowing what you're looking for and what everything else. Like even just by listening to it in 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. I'm like, this property is. You need this property for for 1.2 million dollars less, yeah. And they're not going to sell that because some other bozo is going to come along and and buy that. You know, like you have to know what you're doing things for, and I think it could be great if you have that income approach. That's partner with your real estate now mm. you're looking at a totally different analysis, yeah, you know you're looking at and that's kind of what I'm trying to do in regards to that even that uh flip you know as yeah. soon as we get it all tenanted, real estate and people can start looking at a different different type well, of approach. you could you
0: could sell that to um Professionals, like you have these professionals who just don't have time to yeah. go out and source their own deals, like the you bring them a turnkey cash flowing asset. I mean, there are organizations I'm not going to name here that literally tend like they cater to exactly mm-hmm. that type. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely something doable. So would you say, generally speaking, midterm does about, like, what, one and a half to, to two times regular rental yes. on these units for yes. you? Yes. If you're doing them up the way. I, like I think two the times rent maybe?
2: feels pretty low. Like, yeah. I don't know where all these high rents. People say, oh, rents are so high. And then you go out there and it feels like, and, or there's such a demand for housing, but it feels like, you know, people are still relatively looking mm-hmm. for bargains. Sure. Yeah, in these things. understandably, mm-hmm. I, I, I
0: get it. Um, you kind of
2: need those platforms to be yeah. pushing and mm-hmm. and doing it out there for you. That's for why sure. I like that Airbnb.
0: Is there anything you wish that I'd asked you that I haven't? Because we've flown through the better part of an hour here. Oh so. wow! Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, I guess just more about if we could talk quickly sure. about yeah. the real estate wins. I'm super excited that our book is finally out. Yeah. and released as of last week uh, and it's a follow-up to our book real estate mistakes Nice. and this just really kind of outlines the systems that yeah. that we promoted rpi uh, really that less is more strategy and really trying to to um, fill the wealth gap that's yeah. experienced in society today trying to get every yeah. canadian to have real estate in their portfolio because it really does yeah. not it doesn't require a lot. You and could do you the lessons more approach.
0: You not need to teach people uh, or tell people to want real estate at, like two years ago. No. but now it's like now your mission's back on. Like teach them a hey, it's still it's still very much uh, a viable strategy. But you got to do it right.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Very cool. If
2: have the system's in place, I think yeah. you know mistakes definitely will happen, and that's yeah. what we try to support people and really kind of just share mm. our systems, our teams with people and show them how they could do this because my favorite saying is not everyone has to be a full-time real estate investor but everyone has to have real estate in their portfolio if they want to one be able to retire yeah. to help their kids out and three make more yeah money every month oh for sure yeah mm-hmm. I,
0: I think that's an awesome message okay so people can buy that on amazon
2: yes yes on amazon
0: and if people want to learn more about you where do we send them
2: uh rpieducation.com
0: RPIEducation.com. Okay, we'll include that in the show notes. Uh, and then my final question for you is, what market are you really excited about right now? I know we talked about Markham and Toronto sort of strategy there. If you had to pick another spot that's just like ripe with opportunity, what what are you seeing right now?
2: Well, I wanna build another 100 homes in Florida.
0: In Florida? Uh, yeah. And which so, market are you doing? We're in right the in?
2: Ocala, Marion County region.
0: So sure. I don't do I Disney, I don't
2: do beach, I'm not vacation. It's a high yeah. growth market. Um, they recently built. Uh, I think it was it was about eighteen million dollars square feet of in- warehouse infrastructure on spec, mm. filled by employers like Chewy and Amazon. Population growth is three hundred thousand jobs. Which region of
0: Florida would this be? And what would it be Central. Here? It's a little more central, north central, like south, central, south yeah. of Orlando. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just like an
2: hour and a half from Orlando, an hour and a half from Fort Myers, an hour and a half from Sarasota. So it's okay. a distribution hub.
0: So right, right dead center. Yeah. Okay.
2: Just a really, we're, we're kind of very I low like on the market. Yeah. Uh,
0: but I like the idea of uh, Central Florida, like outside of Orlando, because that's just so Disney driven. Yes. But just being in those, those other areas that could be industry driven.
2: Yes. Is, well, that's yeah. all we look at. We yeah. don't get emotional yeah. with our investments. Like in, in mm-hmm. real estate mistakes, we we're so emotional with our investments. It made us make a lot of mistakes. We really, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people say, oh, I want to like buy in Florida so I could live there one day. Well, why don't you yeah. just you know just pay, for an pay for whatever another investment and use that to live yeah. there or or figure that out. It then. is nice.
0: Like, and I get it. Like I know I know people who have a Florida place and they use it, but then they also rent it out and it works for them. And they cash flow too. Yeah. But it's uh, it's obviously nice to be able to just let that make the money. It you should. know what?
2: If you've solved those three money problems,
0: yeah.
3: If
2: you have enough to retire. Yeah. Like a multi-million dollar retirement. And I, I show people how one property can, can give you a multi-million dollar retirement just based yeah. on natural appreciation alone. $350,000 property appreciates 5% a year for 20 years. That's $1.25 million. Yeah. Have two, it's two enough. That's so easy. Everyone yeah. could do that. Mm-hmm. That's achievable. As long as they could do that, yeah. as long as they have enough income coming in, it's not just their job. Because the true indication of wealth is how much money do you make when you sleep. Yeah. And as long as they're, they they kind of are able to help that little legacy out a bit, if they have families or they want to help their kids out a bit because kids are so expensive, do whatever the heck you want. Buy cottages, buy yeah. vacation properties, buy the Bugattis, like yeah. buy everything you want. And that's where we want to get people is let's just solve these kind of things, get your own financial house in order. Yeah. And then after that, there is no right or wrong. As long as you're set up, do whatever the heck you want and money is meant to to be enjoyed.
0: I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks so much for uh, for making the trip over here from, I guess, North Toronto. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know it's a long way and I know you got to drive back. So. Uh, well, thank we'll, you
2: for having me and I would come anytime <laughs> driving all the way to Burlington. I think it's actually a great city and, and yeah. uh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Awesome. Well, until next time.
1: Infinite banking in under 60 seconds. We've all got to save our money somewhere and we think that a high cash value life insurance policy is the perfect place to save it. Why? We're going to save our money inside this policy, and it's going to grow tax-free. Down the road, we're going to get hit with an emergency or an opportunity, maybe a chance to buy a business, real estate property, an income-producing asset. And instead of withdrawing from our savings account, we're going to leverage that asset. We're going to borrow the insurance company's money, and we're going to invest in that opportunity. Our money is still inside of that policy compounding uninterrupted tax-free and our monies outside in this investment opportunity. We're going to rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, all while providing a death benefit for our families. Down the road, we're going to retire. Now we retire with a high cash value life insurance policy with a lot of cash. We're going to start taking those policy loans again, but this time we're never going to pay them back. When I say never, I mean we're going to pay them back with the death benefit when we die, and our families are going to get left with the rest completely tax-free.